Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Today, we're going back in time to post-World War II South America in Robert Arthur Neff's new novel, after all, a gathering storm of romance, revenge, and espionage in post-war South America, he tells the story of Dieter and Sophie, two Jewish musicians. Robert joins us to tell us more. Robert, welcome to The Author's Show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you today, Linda. Robert, will you please give us a quick overview of After All? After All is the sequel to a book called Uber Alice, which was in Europe during World War II. And as most of my readers will know, a great many people from Europe fled for different reasons to South America. And amongst them are my two protagonists, Sophie and Dieter. And they are reunited in Brazil, which is a venue that's really well known to me. I lived in South America quite a part of my life. So there they were back in Brazil. And I was to look into what made that period of time interesting. Everybody's written about World War II. Their warehouse is full of stuff. But it seems interesting to me that immediately afterward, everybody everybody went back to what he was missing. You know, playing baseball, buying cars, going to college, marrying the girl of his dreams. And we literally, as society, looked away from the, from the ball. So there are my two protagonists in South America. And as you know, the female protagonist, Sophie, who's a singer, has a father who was a German general, and he's also somewhere down there. And a lot of people would like to find him, and they figure that she might be good bait. If they follow her around, he may come and see her sing. And this <laughs> produces all sorts of interesting situations, and I won't tell you the end. Robert, who would you consider to be the ideal reader for your book? Well, I'm happy to have anybody read it. Both my books and probably the third one, which I'm going to do shortly, all are, are designed to be a spoonful of sugar story that also acquaints them with some real history and some real geography because I think we're really delinquent in Tiatu. People of almost any age, obviously people who lived any part of that period are the most interested in it, and they've all got their own opinion. But others are, are quite amazed. I've had a, a college student ask me, what part Lincoln played in World War II. And, you know, after, after I got over worrying about why he was a college student, I realized that I had a lot of history I could teach with a good story. So I've tried to do that. Is After All similar to anything else we may find on the bookshelves? I don't believe it copies or traces the same root of anybody else's book. None that I have read or am familiar with. I think it's rather unique in that it does take artists through several places in Latin America at a very critical time and with a good story. How would you describe your writing style? Uh, I must confess that I like to have the same effect on a reader that Dan Brown does. If somebody doesn't like my story to have enough what I call collateral damage there to take away some new ideas, some new knowledge. So I try to pack my books with facts that are not well known and are quite interesting. I don't know if that answers your question, Lynn. I try to write in that way. It comes easily for me. 
Are your characters modeled after real people, or are they pure fiction? Well, several of the uh, characters in um, After All are people I actually knew. The grandson of Booker T. Washington is the band leader, Buka Pittman, who was in Brazil during the time I lived there. The playboy Baby Pignatari was a friend of mine and a real live person down there. I don't think even my protagonists that I've created are modeled on any particular person. Dieter is a piano player. He's a piano jockey, which I've been in my life, and I'm, sh- I'm sure some of that rubs off. I've never been a beautiful woman, so no part of me is in Sophie, <laughs> but I've m- admired a few. And she's a, she's a beautiful woman with a lot of talent and a few problems. <laughs> I love it. So what kind of research do you do to make your books as realistic as possible? Well, I, I traipsed all over Latin America for many, many years, lived down there. Actually, my, my late first wife was from South America. Everything you do down there is research when you get to writing about it. I do read a lot of other history. I read a lot in the Spanish and Portuguese languages, so that's all reflected in here. As you previously mentioned, After All is the sequel to your first book, Uber Alice, and you mentioned that there will be a third one. Will the third book also feature these two characters? It will feature them, and uh, if they happen to have children, I'm not going to give that away. Those children may be quite curious about their German general grandfather and his motivations, and I think we've got to pull that all together in some kind of a final reckoning book so that it will be. Do you set the plot for your books, or do you prefer going wherever an idea takes you when you begin to write? Well, I've heard other authors say this. Once you've created characters, protagonists in your book, you know where they will go under certain circumstances. And since I'm writing about history, uh, the circumstances are out there. I can't change history. As a matter of fact, I try to be very faithful to it. So my characters really take me through the book as history evolves. You mentioned you had lived in South America for some time, and you've had a very interesting and varied career, which you've also talked about. And this was all prior to releasing your first book. How much of that background really provided the basis for After All? Oh, quite a bit. When you live someplace that has a different culture from the one you were raised with, a different language and different music, different hopes and fears, you learn all the time. And uh, as you absorb it, you become more and more curious as to whether anybody else sees it, and you kind of want to portray it. Robert, with all these different careers that you've had, have you always wanted to be an author? Yes, absolutely. I have no problem answering that. I had several jobs where I was writing all the time, and none of it was ever attributable to the person writing it. On things of security, speeches for people I worked for, letters to shareholders of companies as an officer. I guess my, my bucket lists always contain, now we're going to do something that has our name on it and will be totally our own productions. So, yes, I've always wanted to do this, and I'm happy to be doing it. Is there a message or a moral to the story in After All that you've included for your readers? What a lady and a tiger situation in there, and I'm hoping as I talk about this book to various groups, to evaluate where they think the lady and tiger situation went. It will show me a little bit about what they're thinking and what they think I was thinking. So I've I've left open some uh, divination by other people as to motives are. 
Robert, will you please read a short excerpt from After All for our listeners? I'd be delighted to do that if you guys can uh, stand listening to my voice. Linda, I've gone about halfway into the book to a point in time where Sophie, who is my female protagonist, is uh, on tour singing with the Buka Pittman Band. And uh, fortuitously, they're invited by Juan Perón to set a benefit that he is doing in Argentina for the victims of Argentina's hugest disaster, which was an earthquake that occurred at that time. So this is a dialogue between Sophie and Evita just before she's to sing. Now I'm reading. In due course, the shorter, younger woman turned her attention to Sophie, who could sense that Evita was not pleased to share the spotlight with other females. The band vocal, she began, knowing the answer with but wishing to establish their relative importance before they shared the stage that evening. And you, you know that you will be singing a song to express the country's and my affection for our future president, Colonel Perón. Of course you do. I can see you're not stupid. You speak Spanish, dear? Well, I can understand spoken Spanish, but I'm afraid that I've mostly communicate my responses in some butchered Portuguese. I've lived in Brazil since 1943. This is my first trip outside. I see. Where were you before Brazil, dear? The continent, that is. I'm a Swiss subject, but I've lived in Germany and France, too. But I've never learned Spanish except, of course, the words to songs. It's a lovely melodic language, and I really should become better at it. I hope you will. Do you know Gershwin, dear? Oh, Gershwin's songs have been very popular in Europe, except with the Nazi leadership, of course. He lived in France for a while and composed some of his best music there, but he died when he was only 37 or 38 years old, like Mozart did. Don't you wonder what like that might have done with longer lives, Senorita Duarte? She smiled, finally. I do, Sophie. Both Mozart and Gershwin should have had long lives to give full range to their genius. Let's hope that we will be more fortunate. And please call me Evita, dear. I'm really Senora Perón now. But the working class of Argentina, los descamisados, like to call me Evita. I'm 25 younger than Colonel Perón, and they think it's funny to use the diminutive for me. But they chanted at our political rallies, and I'm happy to wave back. And when I hear it, you understand. Two hours later, the immense Teatro Colón was jammed formally to Argentines who hope to be recognized while giving their support to the Perón effort. Many of those in attendance wore military uniforms, replete with sashes, medals, and braid, while the ladies at their sides showed creamy necks and shoulders accented by dazzling jewelry and expensive fabrics. Sophie reflected that it could as easily have been a Berlin audience 10 years earlier as people struggled to befriend that country's emerging political leader. Buka had his orchestra playing background music softly for the milling crowd. He had chosen music of the popular Argentine guitarist Hector Ayala, who had composed something called the Sweet Americana. It had a tango rhythm, which Sophie appreciated with several sips of brandy and the light swaying of her body. That evening, she had chosen an Argentine blue gown with a white sash and a large gold clasp. And when she was dressed, she had saluted herself in her hotel room's high dressing room with a sip from her snifter. You will look like an Argentine flag with big tits, dear. She mocked a verbal style. Please don't bow deeply toward the man I love. 
She wished that Dieter were there. He would grasp the humor and laugh with her and then talk her down to a really good performance. Inspired but controlled should be his message. I can do this alone, she'd proclaimed to the mirror, and now she was on stage ready to do that resolve. <laughs> I should tell you that Evita died at age 33, and there's an irony in this that comes out later on. Uh, you know, she's talking about Mozart and, and Gershwin both dying in their late 30s. She never made it to her late 30s, and then they carted her around the world, her corpse, for 17 years before she finally got buried in Argentina. A little history that does work its way in there. I remember about that in my history classes. So tell me, Robert, where can we learn more about you, about your other book, and where can we purchase after all? Well, uh, we have now established a uh, website that your people can go to, and it is my entire name, robertarthurneff.com. My publisher, uh, when I always was calling myself Bob or Bobby or whatever, said, nobody called him Ernie Hemingway. You know, you want to be Robert Arthur Neff. First time in my life I've used my entire name. So robertarthurneff.com. And then, of course, my publisher, the Old Stone Press, has got a wonderful website which has both my books described and, and a lot of material on me. And both of those websites have uh, buttons or uh, links where people can purchase either of those books. We've been talking with Robert Arthur Neff, author of After All. It's been a real pleasure learning about Dieter and Sophie. And Robert, I want to thank you for sharing After All with us. I do hope that you'll come back again when you release your next book. I certainly do that, and it's been a real pleasure talking to you, Linda. You're a great interviewer. All good books have at least one good review, and here's a good one for After All. The many international settings, from Soviet-threatened Prague to an Oktoberfest celebration in Blumenau, Brazil, give After All a thrilling atmosphere. After All is a historical novel full of talented liars, alluring places, and plot points drawn from real life. Now that sounds like a really good reason to grab your copy of Robert Neff's book at robertarthurneff.com and start reading today. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with our author. And remember that The Author Show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com. Theauthorshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.